When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WNBC. Local Spotlight. Good morning, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Happy Monday. Start of a brand new week. Weekend is over. Where, oh, where did it go? It's Monday already. I'm always a little conflicted because it really does feel like I just walked out of here six hours ago and I'm already back. I love being on the radio. This is what I love to do most, but I also like the weekend. I like spending time with my family and friends and being able to sleep at hours that aren't consistent with when a vampire sleeps. Throughout the course of the next four hours, we've got an action-packed program for you. We're going to talk about everything from comedy to cults. If you're not listening on Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 12 to the hour that my colleague Curtis Leewood does with his wife in which they explore pets and animals, you are missing out. It's one of the best hours on radio and one of the most creative hours in all of uh, all of talk radio. Here was one story. I mean, I might have missed this, but I didn't hear them mention this. And it's possible that uh, I was busy preparing for the show and they addressed this. But here was a story that really caught my attention. I have been scratching my head for literally years about what to do with respect to pit bulls. There's always these attempts to regulate pit bulls, to restrict pit bulls in certain cases. And whenever we do segments like this on the radio, and we're not going to do it now, but whenever we do segments like this on the radio, a whole bunch of people say, no, 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 no. It's not the pit bull's fault. It's the people that raise the pit bull. Well, a man has been arrested after his seven dogs mauled a 71-year-old man to death while he was walking to a local neighborhood store. This happened in Texas. 71-year-old Fresno native Freddie Garcia was walking to a store in his neighborhood at 1.30 in the afternoon when the sheriff's office received a call from a witness reporting that the man was being mauled by seven dogs. Authorities said they were able to identify and arrest 47-year-old Samuel Cartwright in connection with the mauling death of Mr. Garcia. Very, very sad. A 71-year-old man dead after being mauled to death by these pit bulls. And look, I don't want to be speciesist. I don't want to be dismissive of pit bulls. And I always hear from so many people that say they have good experiences with pit bulls. I've seen too many stories like this. Now, if pit bulls were prohibited, if uh, this guy couldn't raise pit bulls to be violent, would he raise some other type of dog? Probably. Probably. The problem is usually the human, not the dog. But a lot of folks have said that there's something about the way pit bulls are bred, something about their physiology, which leads them to be, for lack of a better description, killing machines. I don't know what your take is. I remain very confused every time I see one of these stories. I'd love to hear your two cents if you're a pit bull owner. Frank.Morano at WABCRadio.com. Frank.Morano at WABCRadio.com. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WABC. Local Spotlight. Good morning. 
everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to chat with one of my favorite guests. He is live in studio, the one and only Jeffrey Gurian, comedian, dentist, author, screenwriter, you name it, the man who wears a thousand hats, and all of them are quite funny. I am still someone that reads the good old-fashioned conventional newspaper. Just about every day, I read whatever newspapers I can get my hand on, but especially on the weekend. I still subscribe to the New York Post, the New York Daily News, the Staten Island Advance, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and I read a lot of news online, too, but there's just something so fun about scrolling through the pages in an old-fashioned newspaper because I find that when I read the newspaper rather than read my news online I will always be exposed to an article that I wouldn't have thought to read and I will at least glance at every section of the paper the lifestyle section the horoscopes the comics the conventional news the sports the business section as I scroll through all these different sections of the newspaper I'm always interested in the television section all these papers especially on the weekend have a TV section where they do articles about what's on TV and they provide listings so you can see what programs are on when you want to watch it. You know what I've noticed, and I have said this to these people that run these newspapers and I've gotten no response at all. Years ago, there used to be extensive radio coverage in these newspapers. They used to tell you what programs were on when, they would do feature pieces about the different shows that were on the radio. I'm not just talking talk radio, but sports, music, lifestyle, whatever. They should be covering in the old-fashioned newspapers radio. Let's face it, the people that listen to conventional terrestrial radio tend to skew a little bit older. I think that's fine. I don't think that's something to be ashamed of at all. The people that read old-fashioned newspapers, they skew way older. If we're going to recognize that both radio and newspapers are designed to cater to an older demographic, why not at least pretend like you care about what some of your older readers are interested in? So what I would encourage you to do if you agree with me, write to the editor of your local newspaper and encourage them to give some coverage to radio. You want to know what's on and you want to see some coverage of these different radio shows. I don't think that's too much to ask. Speaking of radio, we are less than a week away from WABC night at the Ferryhawks. Not only will you get to see the Ferryhawks game on Saturday night, not only will you get to see fireworks after the game, but before the game, our softball team is going to take on the NYPD softball team and we're going to give away a pair of tickets right now. If you want a pair of tickets, be the Seventh caller right now to 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-WABC. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WABC. Local Spotlight. I absolutely love nostalgia. I have a pager. I write letters. I love things that are past their prime. That's why on the one hand, I was pretty sad to see all of New York City's payphones go the way of the dodo bird. I liked having payphones. I used these payphones once in a while. I will say, though, that what most of these payphones were replaced with, I think, was a net positive. These Wi-Fi kiosks, have you seen these? These are great. When you need internet service in a pinch, when you need to charge your mobile phone in a pinch, These are great, but apparently the business community in Manhattan is not at all pleased with these Link NYC Wi-Fi kiosks that they say have become 
hubs of perversion, harassment, and crime. And Midtown business leaders want to pull the plug on it. Uh, Barbara Blair, the head of the Garment District Alliance, I want them removed. There doesn't seem to be the political will to restore order in the public realm. We've ceded the public realm to bad actors. So Blair said she again wrote to the commissioner of the city's Department of Information Technology and Telecommunications two weeks ago, but hasn't heard back. <clears throat> Other property managers, both residential and commercial, are essentially saying the same thing. One gentleman told the New York Post, they're sitting there, meaning the homeless, charging their devices on full speaker, masturbating, sitting on some sort of stolen chair. Out in the open, you see naked homeless people, open drug users, using the orange needles the de Blasio regime started. That's all you see everywhere. The sea of orange needles deters people from coming to our retail spaces. Now, I, I my heart goes out to these businesses, and I've seen these same things. But the problem is not the Wi-Fi kiosks. The problem is that these folks aren't being picked up for doing illegal activities. It's illegal to shoot up drugs in the middle of the street. It's illegal to masturbate and harass people and be nude uh, and defecate in the middle of the sidewalk. How about you arrest these people? And if they're mentally ill or drug addicted, you get them whatever service they need. But I don't think we should be looking at tearing out these Wi-Fi kiosks, which provide a valuable service to people like me and New Yorkers of all stripes who want a place to get Wi-Fi for free or to charge their phone or whatever the case may be. So I don't think we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's keep the Wi-Fi kiosks and let's have the NYPD regain control of Manhattan streets. That's my two cents. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One more hour to go, and it is going to be an action-packed hour. Believe you me. Hey, I'll tell you, I mentioned on Saturday that I went through this digital detox where I didn't listen to the radio and I didn't use my phone or anything like that. So one of the things that I missed, and I'm hoping to catch up on the podcast today, was this WABC documentary. And they've done a lot of great documentaries, but I was particularly interested in the one that aired on Saturday. And you can listen to the podcast if you want at WABCradio.com. Because it was focused on the history of overnight radio at WABC, which I am very, very pleased to not only have been a big fan of and a big student of, but a big part of the present of WABC's overnight documentary. I will say, we shot this video promoting this documentary, and nobody, we shot it on Friday. Nobody told me we were shooting this video Friday. I would have worn like a nice suit or something or a sports jacket or something. I don't think I looked that bad. Some of you might have seen the the footage on Instagram or on our social media pages, but I would have looked a little bit better if I knew we were going to be shot. Speaking of shot, another person who has been an integral part of WABC's overnight history is my friend and colleague Curtis Slewa. He can currently be heard on the weekends on WABC. And this is what he had to say pretty much the entire weekend. <laughs> I tuned into him Sunday morning at around 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, and he was going off on, of all things, me. Naturally, he's got to complain about his wife 
Rachel, who really has to do the heavy lifting with this guy. I'm having a good time, you know, so I'm just chilling out. But everyone starts joking about the hard out time. And my wife says to me the next day, people, the final people left around 942. And she said to me the next day, why, when it was 8 o'clock, did people, instead of leaving, joke about the hard out time? Well, of course you're going to joke about the hard out time. It's a barbecue. People don't just all of a sudden, oh, it's 8 o'clock, we got to leave. Especially when they saw Frank half in the bag. You know, what, what did he have by then, like eight mimosas? All right, of all the inaccurate things that Curtis says, this is actually probably one of the more accurate things. Maybe I was biting off a little too more, a little too much more than I could chew with expecting a hard out time. All right, criticism legitimate on this one, Curtis. Fair enough. You can see Curtis and me and Dominic Carter and along with the rest of the WABC on air staff on Saturday at the Ferry Hawks game. Hey, if you want a pair of tickets, you can do so right now. Be the seventh caller to 800-848-WABC. To be continued. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.